Welcome to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. As always, I'm honored to have you join us. Now, I hope as you listen to the show each week that, number one, you feel my mission to change that word sales from that initial instinct of ick, right? It's that icky, sleazy manipulation. And I am on a mission, and my guest today is also on a mission. Uh, We're going to talk sales today, but it's all about changing that perspective from that icky to really coming from a place of love, care, and respect. Now, to help you on your mindset journey, I do have a free gift for you. It's my communication style assessment. And I have to tell you, thousands of people have taken it. The feedback is amazing because here's the important component that you will learn. What is my natural communication superpowers? This is how people are are receiving or not receiving your message. And then the flip side, you have a low score on the assessment, which is usually a blind spot. For me, I think understanding your blind spot or the client or customer that is the most unlike you, that's where you can really start to create some magic. So the the link is in the show notes. Um, I really hope that you enjoy taking it and learn something new about yourself. Also, if you love listening to the show, please subscribe. I don't want you to miss an episode. Sharing is caring. Sharing with your peeps is also important. And if you rate and review, I love reading your notes and your little love messages to me. It really does mean a lot. Now, my motivational quote today, just to get us in the mindset of our conversation around sales, is by Tiffany Bova. And Tiffany says, how you sell matters, what your process is matters, but how your customers feel When they engage with you, matters more. And this quote, wow, as soon as I saw it, I knew it was the one to kick off uh, today's show. Now, when I started my sales, my consulting firm 21 years ago, it was funny because I had never been in business before, right? I sat down and I started to reflect, well, what made me successful as a sales representative? And then obviously, as once I got into sales management, and here's what I found. The bottom line is, I'm honest. I'm in in integrity all the time, and I view my role in sales as educating the client so that they can actually make the informed and hopefully profitable decision for them, whether it's saving time, money, et cetera. Now, after reflecting, I realized that I had a seven-step process that logically and, and emotionally took the client through this process so that they can make not only the short-term but the long-term um, answers. And by going through this process, right, creating this um, kind of vibe, right, of how I showed up, I was able to generate um, family, friends, uh, business, other businesses. So for 40 years, I really have lived off of referrals. Now, my philosophy is simply... Is simple. I call it the hat trick of sales. It's a win-win-win formula. So everyone in the equation comes out a winner. Now, my guest today, also like-minded, is Dr. Nadia. And I don't have Nadia's last name, which we will get to in a minute. But Dr. Nadia holds a doctoral degree in organizational leadership and is passionate about helping women become more authentic, confident leaders who take charge of their careers. She's a sales strategist, consultant, trainer, and founder of the Diane, Diane Agency. I probably said that wrong too, uh, Nadia. Uh, and Diane Agency is a sales agency that works with business owners, companies, and corporations to multiply revenue and awaken the consistent closer within your sales team using the consistent sales method. She too has a method. Uh, Please help me welcome Nadia to the show. So Nadia, thanks so much for being on. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Connie. All right. So how the heck 
Is your last name Dion? Is that your last name too? My last name is so simple. You're going to kick yourself. (laughs) It's Brown. (laughs) So those listening on Apple Podcasts, I just covered my face in despair. (laughs) How did I miss that in your bio? So my sincere Dr. Nadia Brown is in the room where she's with us now. (laughs) Thank you for being so lovely for my little faux pas. Oh, it's um, fine. But yeah, so here's some cool things as I was reading your bio, you know, when I put it into my show notes, that your organizational leadership, and I Mm -hmm. think that is such another important piece of the equation with sales, sales leaders listen to the show, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. us within our own leadership skills, I think helps us move that needle, right? Absolutely. It definitely makes a huge difference. And I think people really overlook that, you know, especially as entrepreneurs or business owners. And a lot of times you start out on your own, you know, so it's just you having to manage you. But then as you grow, that's when your leadership, your leadership skills really start to stand out. It it does. And that's, you know, another piece of the puzzle, right? Like, you know, we're, Mm -hmm. we're talking about process and I don't know if you have this, but when I, especially my corporate clients, Mm -hmm. There has to be for me to take on the business. I have a couple of what I call non-negotiables. I'm not, it's not, not hard ass or anything, but it's one, they have to use some communication model. They could use mine if they use DISC or Myers-Briggs, because we need to help people get tangible tools to be able to communicate at at a much higher level, right? Because really what we do in sales is we communicate and we should be some of the best communicators, not always the case. Second non-negotiable for me is after the training is done, again, especially in, in corporations, who's who's watching after, who's inspecting, who's supporting? Yes. Training's great, but the learning happens when they're in real life situations. Absolutely. The other pieces, there has to be a coaching component post the training. Otherwise, for me, I, I tell my clients, you're throwing money away and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to get paid to not get a return on the investment of time and money, right? Yes. Do you have something like that as well? Absolutely. Because as you know, it's, it's one thing to sit in a classroom and to learn about sales and to practice calls and to theorize, right? Or pontificate for days. But it's a whole <laughs> different thing when you're actually in it and you're having conversations with real people and they throw you that curveball or you realize, oh, wait, I thought I understood that, but I didn't. And so, like you said, having that support after the training is really when you start to see the results that you invested in. And and it matters. We're spending time and money. Can we do it right the first time, right? To, yes. So that everybody w- see my win, win, win. Yes. The person wins, the client wins, and the organization wins, right? Absolutely. Or the business, whatever the business wins. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. I First question, I think this is an important one for every human, let alone people who are in sales or in business, right? That we have to make sales, otherwise we go out of business. How do we turn self-doubt into that kind of confidence, not overconfidence, but that nice piece of confidence? Yeah, so I think that, you know, I see this a lot. I work with a lot of women in sales and we come with our own unique unique challenges and viewpoints and things that we have around sales. And one of the things is really to take a moment and pay attention to our thoughts because we think a lot of things that we don't pay attention to and they're actually driving the bus most of the times. Mm -hmm. And so 
paying attention to your thoughts. The other thing is to get into action. So we spend a lot of times, I call it the scandalicious drama going on in your head. So you're thinking about it, you're allowing the gremlins to take over and you're not doing anything, but just sitting there thinking about it. So what are the things that you can do to get into action, whether it's following up with a client, whether it's having conversations, whether it's working with your coach, like whatever it is that you need to do, get into action. Because just like we talked about with the leadership and the training and the coaching, it's the same thing when it comes to self-doubt and confidence. As long as you're just sitting there thinking about it, especially dwelling on the negatives and the doubt and allowing that to continue to flourish and grow, which is what we want to kind of tamp down. Then when you start taking actions, it starts to show you a different outcome because most of the things that we think are going to happen never happen. So we just spend that time wasting that energy being stressed out for no reason. But when you start taking the actions, whether it's, like I said, having a sales conversation, seeing how that sales conversation goes, what is the result? It starts to give you evidence to the contrary. So definitely paying attention to your thoughts and getting into action. I love action because that's where the magic happens. Oh, yeah. You'll see. I end every show by saying information is a beautiful thing, right, Nadia? But Mm -hmm. if we do nothing with it, it's it's information. Once we put it into action, we create magic, right? That's where stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And people forget because what let me learn one more thing. Let me let me do this before I do that. And we we hold ourselves back and, and make you laugh, right? I'm sure you have a similar story. So I was sharing before we started, I was just at a conference in Dallas. I was one of the speakers. And so I did my thing. And of course, we're critical. And mm-hmm. so people were coming up after the session, you know, now as you're walking around, because we were there for, for four days and we're walking around. They're like, oh, I, I came to your session yesterday. It was so great. And and I, so I'm, I'm I pause and I go, oh, thank you so much, because in my head wasn't good enough. I didn't say this. I forgot to say that. I didn't share that. And then one person came up and said, I have to tell you, you were one of the better speakers. I was like, really? Like self-doubt, like all (laughs) over that, like, really? What drugs are you taking that you think (laughs) it's terrible? We all do it, right? And I've been doing this for 40 years. How long have you been in business? I've been in business about 12 years. Long time. Do you have Mm -hmm. those moments of really? the time. Similar experience. I did a live stream on Wednesday where we were talking about my new book and, you know, and of course it's live. You don't get to go back and edit it. And the same thing was in my mind. Oh, that one time where I lost my train of thought, or did I answer that question fully? Or I needed to pause and take a breath. I stumbled over a certain word. And then all the feedback, no one mentioned any of that. It was like, it was so good. And this information you shared and you're just like, oh, seriously, you know, because of course we're only pointing out the things that went wrong in our minds, but people are really, you know, on our energy and information we're sharing, how it's really transforming themselves totally all the time. <laughs> and, and the other thing too, like you and I were two peas in a pod, Nadia. So I'm loving it, but it, it, you know, we show up for people with all of our heart. Like that's how we're wired. So even if we think it was a horrendous mess, because we come from this place again of love, care, and respect, people are receiving the information in just mm-hmm. such a genuine, loving way that why would they criticize? Because we are sharing good content on top of all of that, right? Yes. (laughs) Here's the other thing. And I think this is important for everyone, your business owner, your sales. And oh, by the way, and I start this with every speaking event, 
we're always selling. Even if you're in a career, a corporate career, you're selling your idea. If you're in HR, right, you're selling, you know, or you're negotiating with those outside vendors. We're always in some type of sales capacity, whether we think we're not, we we are or we're not. Mm -hmm. And sales really is about the communication. So I I, I think you and I are are kind of on the same page. We both have our methodology. Yeah. Um, what, what have you found is the number one secret to really building that relationship-driven sales container, if you will? <laughs> it's going to be earth-shattering, everyone. <laughs> oh, <but> wait. <laughs> Focus on the relationship. Like, right. I mean, think about it, though, Connie. You've been in sales for a while, right? Like, how many times have we heard people say those words, and then you see them in action, and you're like seriously, is that your definition of focusing on a relationship? Because they are not, or they're just focused on a relationship with themselves. Like you can totally feel that they are not at all concerned about you. And so it really is, like you said, building into that process where you're focused on a relationship. Maybe you listen more than you speak. You know which questions to ask. You treat people with respect. You operate in integrity. Like that's one of the reasons why sales has such a bad name, but it really is focusing on a relationship because we are operating and working with people who are have feelings and they have their own things going on and they want to feel heard and they want to feel like they want to be made to feel important. And that's not too hard for us to do. It's actually quite simple if you just (laughs) think about it, but I mean, sales, right? It's, we, we have to make sales to make the money, to pay the bills. It it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But here's the other thing. People go to work because they have to make money to pay the bills. We're all doing the same thing, whether we mm-hmm. realize it or not, right? Your role at your job, it, it maybe varies slightly, but it's all about earning money. Money should not be motivating you to have a conversation with someone or beforehand going, I can make 10 grand off this chick. Oh man, I'm going in hard. Right. That is the worst perspective because the person feels it and gets that icky feeling. And that's how we get that ick factor. And, and I don't know if you've seen this. It was on Netflix. Remember the whole scandal with all of the celebrities hiring that guy to get them into their kids into the um, Ivy League schools? And yes. they paid him. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they did a Netflix documentary about it. And you'll laugh at this. So my husband and I were watching it together and my kids were in school. And, and I, the whole time I'm thinking your kids should find the school where they're going to thrive in, not someplace that they wouldn't have gotten accepted. Now you're putting them in a, in a devastating situation. Yes. Then you have depression and anxiety and all those things. But all right, whatever. That's a parenting thing. So as we were watching, they kept saying, whoever the guy was, I forget his name, um, dirtbag in my mind. And anyway, Connie Whitman, he was a dirtbag. So let's call him dirtbag. Anyway, he, as they were going through the people that were in his orbit doing these illegal, to me, it was all illegal. Mm-hmm. But I kept saying, they kept saying he was a really good salesperson. And Nadia, every time I had to pause it, I'd look at my husband and go, we call him a con artist. He's not a salesperson. Not at Why do all. they keep calling him a salesperson? <laughs> I have no idea. I, but it's the exact reason why sales has such a bad name. Agree, a hundred percent. And you and I, we're changing that in the world. Yes, sure. we are. Yes, the other we thing are. I just want to comment on: you said before, Connie, you've been in sales a while. Yes, four decades is a long while. But thank you for being <laughs> kind with that. I picked up on your kindness there. <laughs> So when you teach and you train and you coach, how do you get people to overcome that element of fear of selling? Because it really is fear-based. 
Mm-hmm. So when we talk, we talk about it, right? We speak to the elephant in the room. And then another thing is I love the hundred nose challenge. Like it's one of my favorite exercises for people, especially when they're new in sales, because I know it was one of the things that really helped me overcome it. So it was like, how can we have you have a hundred conversations or more within the next 30 days? And your goal is to get a hundred no's. Now, most people look at me like I've just lost my mind because like you're in sales. Why would you want no? But we all know no is part of the process, but it also starts to shift your, your perspective of no, right? Because, and then no becomes a lot less scary because now my goal is to get no. This is the other thing that happens all the time. No one has yet to come back and say, Nadia, I got my hundred no's because they get the yeses. And then they start working with the clients and they're having a great time and they're making the revenue and then they go off and they do their thing. But now they don't have this fear of no. So I'm like, start to change your relationship with no. It sounds scary. And sometimes that you have emotions about it. We all do. We're human, but it's part of the process. And so when you overcome it, and you just say, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to take this challenge on because we know it's also partly numbers. You're having these conversations. You're getting yeses. You're getting clients. You're doing your work. You're making a difference. And you have a system to follow up with the no's for now and because some of those will become yeses too. And you said something important too. I know when we do the coaching piece with my clients and oftentimes what ends up happening through the coaching process the coaches, especially if they're not great at coaching, because that's another very difficult skill to become mm-hmm. good at, right? But they come in and the, instead of saying, hey, Nadia, talk to me about what are some of the things you tried this week that worked in your just conversations with clients? What worked? Let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. What was what did you feel uncomfortable? Where were the challenges, right? So I can explore that versus coming in. How many calls did you make? What was the result? Numbers. They go to the numbers. Straight. Behaviors drive the numbers. I can mm-hmm. coach the human and their behaviors. I cannot coach the numbers. So this is what I th- these are the things I, I hear often. And I'm, I'd like you to weigh in. My coaches say to me, well, you know, they were making the goal was 10 phone calls and they didn't get any results. So I told them next month they have to make 20 phone calls and then maybe their numbers will come in. And I I say, "Okay, well, did you ask the employee? What were they saying on the phone? Were they comfortable on the phone? What kind of client? What responses were they they getting? And then what you find when when I would go and ask the employee, they go, well, I went and vomited. And then I got on the phone. Well, okay, so now they're scared to get on the phone. You haven't coached them with any telephone skills whatsoever. You haven't role played with them in a safe environment with you alone. You went now, so they failed with the 10 Mm -hmm. phone calls, vomited 10 times. And now you've increased their goal to 20. What do you think is going to change next month? Well, they're just going to vomit 10 more times. (laughs) You know, And the results are still going to be no, because we're not focusing on behaviors. Do you see that often also? All the time, which is one of the reasons why I talk about sales courage. I'm like, do you know how much courage it takes to do sales? And similar coaches would always be like, what was the outcome? Did you get the, did you get the sale? And I'm like, well, no. And it's like, what can we talk about? Like, how was I feeling? What questions did I ask? Where can I make the adjustment? Where did these leads come from? Like, there's so many factors that weigh into a yes or a no that a lot of times coaches don't even ask those questions. It's like, did you get the sale? Yes or no. That's the only thing they care about. I'll make you laugh. When I first started my career, I sold insurance. And mm-hmm. so the first time, well, maybe it was, you know, you have to go out to the sales manager, blah, blah, blah. And they talk, right? Well, I was probably about six months in on my own that the sales manager wasn't coming out with me. And I met with a business client 
and I ended selling a million dollar policy. Now, back then it was in the 80s, Nadia. That was that was a huge policy. Yes. Think about it. I was I was in the business, you know, six, seven months. I was a kid. <laughs> so I come into to work and I go into his office and, and I'm like, guess what? He's like, what? You, you made a sale? I go, mm-hmm, million dollar policy. You know what he said to me? Why wasn't it two million? So these these are the I know I know right everybody the air just went out of the the podcast right now true that's a true story and I believe you yes and and the funny thing is you and I as coaches I learned more from that negative um, vibe right of mm-hmm. he took the wind right out of my sales a million dollar sale was, was huge. huge back then especially for a 20 something year old kid who was new to the industry and that's his first comment so here's the other thing for my coaches out there he should not have been coaching so that if, if that's how you're approaching your teams please stop please <laughs> it's not a good way it's, it's just not helping no it's not okay what what are five ways that you help your folks supercharge that you use the word sales courage, which I love? What are some of your strategies to help like amp that up a little bit? Well, some we talked about already, like I really am big on it's similar to when you talked about like going to vomit before your sales calls, right? Like it's just really paying attention to the emotions because you're very emotional. And sometimes you talk yourself out of the sale before they even get a chance to say no. So I'm really big on paying attention to the emotions, the stories you're telling yourself so that you don't allow that negativity to, you know, ruin your sales. The other one is, you know, to really just what tools or resources, like when we talk about coaches, what are the things that you need to help to continue to build your confidence? So I am anti-scripts. However, I know we need tools. I know. I, know. I hate <laughs> scripts like... too. I'm with you. Go ahead. Continue. So I call it, you know, your, your conversation guide. Like what are the questions that you, what it, that you need in order to determine, is this client a best fit? And if so, which solution is the best? So even asking questions, because I feel like sometimes people feel that if they go into a sales conversation, they have to go in and prove, you know, that they're somehow worthy or all. And it's like, no, no, no. You can show your level of expertise just by the questions that you ask. So really helping them to formulate the questions and to have the support that they need during those sales conversations. And then again, you know, like I mentioned, just being in action. So what are the things that you just need to do to have consistent practice? Because that also impacts your mindset. Like, you know, you've been at this for a while. Like, again, if you only have, you look at your calendar for next week and you're looking at your goals and you only have like two sales calls on your calendar, we all know how that's going to turn out versus you're like, I have calls every single day. So the no's don't, don't have, they don't have the same kind of weight typically because you know, guess what? I have another opportunity tomorrow or I have another opportunity next week. So what are the things that you're doing or you need to do in order to stay consistent and consistency obviously looks different for everyone, but you need to know that. And then another one is tracking the data. I don't know what it is about us. And while we don't sometimes don't want to look at our numbers, but it's like the data and the numbers are so rich with information and even having conversations, you learn so much from talking to real people. And so just, again, what data do you need and how do you track that data? How often do you review that data so that it arms you with the information necessary, like simple stuff? Where did this lead come from? If you're getting a lot of good leads, Go do more of that. But sometimes it's just a focus of throwing all the spaghetti at the wall in our marketing because I can sell to and serve anyone. 
No, we want to serve the right people at the right time. And so really being strategic with your actions, because all of this is supporting you in really building your sales courage. And then the last one is really like what type of support, whether it's a coach, whether it's your self-care routine, whether it's your mastermind, because this can also be really stressful. And so what are you doing to keep you top notch so that you can show up in a spirit of service. So you can really focus on the relationships that you're building. So you're not always stressing about your goals or your bank account or whatever else is going on. And so you, you need your own support system to really support you so that you can always show up at your best. And, and you know, here's the thing. Yeah, we're talking about sales, but business careers, they're all filled with stress because there's oh, yeah. always an unknown, you know, is there a merger happening? Am I going to have my job? Am I going to lose my job? A promotion's coming up. Are they going to give it to me? Are they going to give it to someone else? We ne- There's just so many unknowns in life. And when we start just focusing on what if this doesn't happen, what if I don't get the promotion? What if I don't make the sale? We, you said it before, 99% of what's going to happen. We, that 1% that something bad could happen. We focus on the 1%. We do. So I love the strategy of the nose because then you become immune to, ah, it's another, no, it means I'm getting closer to a yes. Like it's yes. no, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing, um, and I just wanted to share a really quick story. So one of my, one of my clients, I'm in New Jersey, they were in Connecticut. It's about three and a half hour ride. And this was, this was when I, maybe I was five years in business. I drive up, pull up, um, walk in the CEO well, It's about 12 people in the meeting, right in the boardroom CEO walks in, he looks at me and he said, where's your PowerPoint? So I'm very professional at all times, Nadia. I said, huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I thought he doesn't think I'm prepared. So I said, Hey, listen, I know this, this, this about your, about the bank. It was a bank. And I said, um, but I don't know what training have you done? What's working? What's not? What can we build on instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Let's see. What can we build so we can save money? We can save time. What momentum is already in place? What is the objective? What do you want the skill level of your people to be at the end of this, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera? And then I said to him, here's the deal. His name was Mark. I said, Mark, I could have come with Whitman and Associates from A to Z. What if you need LM&N? By the time mm-hmm. I get to ABC of what I can do, you're bored. Like you don't need any of that. Mm-hmm. His his head tilted, his whole body language changed. And I thought, holy crap, I think I just got the business. So I have a, I always have a, um, an agenda, my questions in the packet. We sit to, and I said, I have to go through these eight, I go eight questions, Mark. I swear to God, that's all I need you to do is answer these eight questions. And then I could do a proposal. Okay, cool. We sit down. So he says to everybody, Connie has a lot of questions for us. She has an agenda in her packet of material and all the other vendors that had come in. And here's another thing, Nadia. I don't know if you do this. I don't ever care who my competition is. Mm -hmm. If I'm the right person, they'll choose me. If Mm -hmm. I'm not, then God bless, go somewhere else. Right. That means they, I wasn't the right fit. Mm -hmm. So he says, um, all these other vendors came in and they did their PowerPoint of what they could do A through Z. What if we need LMN? By the time they got to C, we were kind of checked out. He looks over at me and he goes, right, Connie? Nadia, it took everything for me bursting out laughing and falling off of the chair. <laughs> and I, at that moment, never, I don't put my price sheet in because I do customized proposals because every client's different. I thought, son of a gun, I just got the business. So here's the punchline. As he's leaving, 
Of course, I got the business again. And I said, Mark, I'll send the proposal. Start scheduling classes. Get this under wraps. We want you. You're the best one. Whatever. Right. All those beautiful accolades, which you, of course, want to hear. As he was leaving, he pauses and turns back. Goes, Khan. said, yeah, Mark, what's up? He goes, you see what you did with us today? Can you teach my people to do that? Wow. Very, very important. That's sales. Mm -hmm. I need to understand and shut my mouth and listen mm-hmm. before it can even recommend what that next smart step for you that's going to save you the time and money to get the return on the investment that you're mm-hmm. putting out, whether it be time or money. Very important lesson I learned five years into the business. And the one other thing I want to say, and then I have another question for you. As I drove home, and I think I'm curious if you do this, it's my habit for 40 years, you know, working. Whenever I left a meeting, I left a sale, I left a conversation, I left a training, whatever it was, my role, whether coaching session, management, meeting, whatever. How did it go? Mm-hmm. If it went well, what went well? Can I duplicate that rinse and repeat to continue that success? If it didn't go well, hmm, why was it me? Did I not ask the questions? Was I unprepared? Did they not understand? Were they the right lead? All of those questions, yes. you get more clarity in how you move forward then, but you're, you're self-assessing without judgment, by the way, right. because I want to duplicate the good and I want to eliminate the things I'm not doing well. I do right. have something like that in your system. Absolutely. And I even created a resource called the Courage Diary, which, you know, especially for newer people to help them not only track the basics, but like you said, do a self-assessment, no judgment, but it's really starting to pay attention. Like, was I emotional? Did something happen on my way to the meeting that caused me to not be on top of my game? Like really paying attention because then we know what we need to eliminate, like you said so beautifully, and the things that we need to or want to duplicate so that we can, you know, have a higher chance of closing more sales. So I love it. Yep, absolutely. It's it's being aware. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And- what when we talk about courage, I also love the courage journal. I think that's important, right? Because we know writing mm-hmm. um, gets our thoughts down, and then when you see it in the written word, you can dig deeper and provide additional clarity, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of maybe mm-hmm. what the next step is, or looking at that fear and saying, "But I've never really experienced that, so why am I afraid of that?" Right? <laughs> that that sometimes though you need to read your own words to say, you "Well, do. that's not true," right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to speak to that fear. And it goes back to like we talked about taking action, because now through that, you start to have evidence that 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 has never happened. And all these conversations I've had, that's never happened to me. Why am I afraid of it now? Share with me one of your best success stories with the client, you know, going from that, oh, sales, I'm so scared to holy crap, I got this. Like, do you have just I know you have several. Can you pick one that's like your favorite? Oh my God. One of my favorites is a client I had who had worked in business and had some challenges, went back in corporate and was like, all right, I'm ready to get back out here full time again. And I was like, I can help with that. (laughs) And so, you know, one of the bigger challenges, especially for business owners is saying an investment level that you've never said before. So I get that question, like, how do I, how do I fix my mouth to say some of these crazy numbers sometimes? And like, you just say it. And so working with her and going through the process and supporting her through, you know, that journey. Now she's like, I say the investment to my programs now with no problem, able to leave that job and be back in full-time business 
doing her thing, you know, creating the income that she desires, traveling, do, doing whatever it is that she truly desires, but more importantly, serving the clients that she wants to serve. But I think that one of one of the reasons why she's one of my favorites is it's really hard to get back in the game after you've experienced what you feel is like a really big failure. So it's one thing to come in brand new. It's another thing to know I tried that and I failed in some way and now I'm trying to get back in it. So for her to be able to overcome all of those doubts, insecurities, and even what she may consider evidence to the contrary, to now be able to get out there and do her thing and serve her clients so well, it's really exciting to see her success. Yeah, we're out of time, but here's the the last word, that last piece you just said is serve our clients. And notice even before, you know, when I, with Mark, my example with my client in Connecticut, you know, when I, when he said, yeah, yeah, schedule the dates. I'm like, you don't even know what this is going to cost, right? Like, doesn't care. Doesn't matter. So, but think about that because that's what I hear. Oh, they're not going to pay for that. They're they're, they're Mm going to, that's too much money. You're saying that, right? This dude didn't even know. And and this was a six-figure contract, Nadia. This was not, yeah. you know, $2,000. And and he knew it was going to be a six-figure. He didn't care whether I was 5,000 more than the other guy or 20,000 more than the other guy. It didn't matter because I I was the right fit for what their objectives were. You don't want the business that's not a good fit for you because Absolutely. then you're earning the money good for you, but it's nothing, but it it throws off your entire game because you're miserable. Serve the clients you were meant to serve and serve them at the highest level. And another thing, and I don't know if you have this rule, but one of my rules when I, with my business clients, not necessarily my corporate clients, when you, well, even with my corporate clients, when you're in front of the client, there is no cookie cutter. Mm -mm. Yes. They might need a similar product, What else do they need or what don't they need that you just sold to the person before? Everything we do should be customizable. And that's why I loved before when you said no scripts allowed. I could give people a framework, right? My Mm seven-step sales process. You have your methodology, but there's no scripts in there because you and I speak very differently, rightfully so, right? Yes. Different age groups. We have different backgrounds. Um, You know, I called CEO's dude. Like that's my generation, (laughs) right? And Chikorina, like I say things like this. Somebody else could never pull that off or it would Mm -hmm. be weird. So we have to own who we are and serve our client where they are and how we can humbly serve them at the highest level. But it's about the client. It's never about us. And I think that's another piece of the equation that it's we go piece. in. Yeah. Yeah. And and it holds us back because we're worried about making the sale and mm-hmm. we're truly not present for what that client, their situation truly is. Yeah. And, the, and one last thing, what I would like you to weigh in. Um, I feel like when we go in with a preconceived notion and not really go in with the, my set of questions and listening, that act of listening. So I have a 70-30 rule. I'm listening 70% of the time. That's my, Connie's rule, right? Mm-hmm. But when I'm with that client, though, I go in predetermined notion. But if they say something, I find and what happens with my clients is instead of selling one product or this very specific package, they sell a bigger package or multiple products, depending yeah. on what your, your is. Or have you found the same thing with your clients? Absolutely. Because you go in thinking one thing 
But when you sit down and you listen, you listen to what's being said, what's not being said. You can ask more questions. Tell me more about that. And then you start to uncover, wait a second. It's not this one thing. It's these 12 things. And they all were going to really, really serve you in the best way. And like you share with your example with Mark, he care about the investment because he knew it was the right person. It was the right fit and they were going to get the results. And that's what matters. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> we would never make any money or get work. We would, we would not. Walk, right? <laughs> so here's the deal. Number one, website. Check it out. It's the Diane. Say it. It's the doyenagency.com. Why can't my mouth say that today? The doyenagency.com. Trust me, peeps, it's going in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about the spelling. If you uh, want to talk to Nadia directly, email her at hello at the doyenagency.com. And your free gift is you have a sales blind spot quiz. You want to yes. uh, put that in the show notes, the link, mm-hmm. but tell us what that is, because I think it's cool. It's like, it's a quiz because we all have our blind spots. And so it, it's really quick, like two minutes and it'll show you your blind spots and where, and give you suggestions on how you can improve them and overcome them, make more sales. I love it. Did you create the quiz? I did. I love it. I have to, I'm going to, I'm going to take it because I just love, I just love seeing what other people are like my CSA, my communication style assessment. It, it's the more we can learn about ourselves and not mm-hmm. only our strengths, I think sometimes more importantly, right? Like that blind spot. Why am I lacking courage? Why am I afraid of that? No. If we can delve in a little bit more, we, we peel back our onion a little bit. All of a yeah. sudden the solutions show up for us and those blind spots are no longer blind spots. And then we start thriving and flourishing, which is really Absolutely. important, right? So yeah. My friends, I love you. I'm so glad we're connected. You and I, we're going to stay connected. And we are. And do some cool things together. I see it in our future. I don't know yes. about you. I'm, I'm totally in. <laughs> yeah. So never, but all the people that know me, you know, that listen week in and week out, when you enter my orbit and I like you, you're stuck with me for life now. So I hope that's okay. <laughs> okay with me. <laughs> I love it. Nadia, thank you so much for, um, your personality, your candor, your ease of making sales. It's not a, it's not a big deal, right? I know it's not a big deal. I've been doing it a long time, but even the newbies, these addressing the fear, having the courage, having these little tips, like you said, with the journal and these little baby steps that we can offer. It's easier than you think. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, truly enjoyed our conversation. You're amazing. You're absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yeah, a real real pleasure. And thank you for joining me. Um, You know what? As we go through these uh, this journey of change, right, and changing the sales game, no matter where you are, we've got you. And I really do hope that Nadia and my conversation today, pick one thing that we said and take that little nugget of information and try it out. Try out journaling, right? Try to self-evaluate yourself after a good meeting, after not so good meeting, right? All of those little pieces of the puzzle. And for people in the organization, really think about that coaching piece after you do any type of training, whether it's like the leadership training, um, because your your organizational development, your leadership training as well. Mm -hmm. Coaching is a vital part of any component of training. So again, take some of the tips and strategies we discussed, implement it. Information's great. We implement, we create action. Magic starts happening. 
Nadia and I both want magic in your life. Yes. So implement. It's all about the implementation. Nadia, thank you again uh, for being on True Joy uh, meeting you again, more to come. And thank you for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. It's me, your host, Connie Whitman. I love you all. And I hope I see you next week. Same time, same bat channel. Uh, tune in, subscribe. Don't miss an episode. And Sharon is Karen. Love you all. Have a great week. Thanks so much. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.